Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Bo Deedle, as many of you know, uh, was a, one of the most decorated cops in New York history. He opened his own investigative practice, uh, Bo Deedle and Associates in New York. He's written uh, books. One of the books I want to talk about at some point with him is uh, Business Lunchitations, which uh, I, I was fortunate enough to be at the book party for. But uh, he's a New York guy. He's a raconteur. We talked a, a couple of weeks ago on my opening week. And we want to talk some more because I want to talk to Bo about police procedures. What actually works on the street? And we've got situation in situations in Columbus. Of course, we have the George Floyd situation. We have the situation uh, in Brooklyn Center, all of those are front and center right now, and nobody that I know has, especially in his undercover days, dealt directly with violence and violent crime the way Bo Deedle did. So I want to talk to him about all of these situations and police procedures, and that's where we're going to start off. Uh, literally right now. Bo Deedle, welcome and welcome back. Hey, Bob, how you doing? Uh, you know, I want to first start off with a tragedy that happened in New York on the Long Island Expressway. Yeah. A highway patrol officer was outside with a fatality uh, accident where there was someone had gotten killed and he was moving the traffic. And this woman, and this is it's a great story because here's the backdrop of the story. She's a woman that has a podcast about hating cops, supporting Black Lives Matter, and she was spewing all kinds of nonsense, hate cops, hate their families. And then she runs and she hits an uh, officer, knocked his leg off, knocked it down 200 feet, drove, kept racing away and killed that officer. It's just such a, a remarkable story. She just finished doing a racist podcast against policemen, and then she goes and kills one. And she was high on alcohol and pot. And, uh, you know, this just shows you the, the what's going on right now. And to go back to what you're talking about, every incident has to be separated. Now, I'm going from experience. I'm not talking about these highlighted things. God knows if they had video cameras when I was a cop, an undercover cop. If you remember, I was a decoy. Yep. I was mugged 500 times. I was shot at, stabbed. I was hospitalized. 30 times. I never killed anyone. I used the maneuver of taking down six foot two, three, four size guys with a headlock, which is now uh, illegal. I climbed on top of people don't realize when you're arresting someone and they're resisting, it isn't a pretty thing. And you have to immobilize the person. You've got to meet violence with violence, right, Bo? Well, now, well, now I actually 
actually you can't uh, you can't actually get on top of them now. So I don't understand how in God's name that you're going to be able to arrest somebody without touching them. Maybe you should just hoover over them, levitate, and drop the handcuffs. <laughs> Nobody. Now I'm going to tell you, Bob. Thousands of people I affected the arrest. Nobody died with my headlock. A headlock is a very good maneuver to get somebody on the ground because you want to immobilize them to get him or she with handcuffs. And if you try to arrest a ten, a uh, hundred pound lady, you're still going to have a problem. People who don't want to get handcuffs put on them, uh, it's going to look very, very violent. And now with the advent of these cell phone ca cameras, everything's coming out. But there's so many incidents, hundreds of millions of incidents a year that are, are out there with people being arrested and all that. And it, it just hurts me so much that now they've reversed it on the police and now the police are the demons. And the police now in New York City, how bad is it? They've told already, if we, if we define that you use too much force, one, you lose your job, two, you lose your pension. Now they have a new one. This moron city council came out with, and guess what? You are going to be able to sue, be sued civilly. That means your house that you've been working for your whole life, we're going to take it away. And you'll be sued civilly on top. So what in God's name are cops supposed to do? The majority of cops I talk to, you know what they send me? We'll take a report after the fact, and that's it. We'll not get involved. And now you use that. We can, we can highlight a couple of the cases. First of all, what happened in Minnesota with George Floyd. He was not the most respectful, outstanding citizen of America, but he should not have died. And the cops should have not kept him on the ground there for that period of time. No one could exonerate the cop for doing that. If a dog was hung up, hung up on a on a fence on a leash, I would have helped the dog. That was wrong. Bo, and let me let, and we're we're talking with Bo Deedle uh, of Bo Deedle Investigations and former New York City cop. Uh, multi-time candidate for, for political office in New York City. Bo, uh, did you agree with the Chauvin verdict? Well, I agree there should have been no more than a manslaughter. And, uh, I mean, and look, at, in reality, when I watched it, I was not happy. And I, if I was there and, they, and, they, and, and I was on the scene, I don't care who it was, I would have told the cop, you know, enough. Let's, let's cuff them, get them the hell out. But I'd be, be honest with you, in looking at the autopsy report with the, the amount of fentanyl in him, he would have went home and died in his apartment of an overdose. Yeah. So, I mean, he was going to die. And when he was saying he couldn't breathe in the beginning, yeah, because he was having a heart attack from the uh, fentanyl that was in his body. But with that said, we can't condone watching what that cop did. Now, now Bo, Bo, you were you were an officer prior to to taser widespread taser use, or even maybe even the invention of tasers. Tell yeah. me what your thoughts are on the Brooklyn Center with Dante Wright uh, when when uh, he was shot mistakenly by that veteran uh, police officer. I always look at a motive. What motive would that female police officer have to kill him? Now you look at she's saying she made a mistake. I, you know, as a, as a cop, I can't understand how you can make a mistake pulling out a taser, which is yellow, which weighs like uh, less than a pound, and now you have your gun. I, I, I don't get that. But with all that said, 
you know, I, I, I have to believe that this woman lost it. And there was the intention was it to kill her. If you listen to her, she says, says oh, my God, I, I taser, taser, then she shoots him. Every case has to be individually looked at. And then you look at, you know, you look at every case. And even the case in Ohio, when you have that woman uh, that was going after the other woman, and people don't realize us as law enforcement officers, uh, the code is that you can use deadly physical force if you're going to get killed or if another person's going to be killed. And so from, from what you saw, but what you saw of the of the video, uh, this uh, young lady who didn't, I mean, she's fully grown adult, really, despite her age. Yeah. She had a, I mean, she had a real knife. It wasn't, it wasn't a Swiss Army knife. It was a real knife capable no, of killing. Like she was going to plunge it. She looks like she was going to plunge it. And and you want to know something? The cop did nothing wrong, and the cop did a job. Now, if they would have, if that girl would have gotten a knife plunged into her heart and she died, and the cop didn't shoot, I'll say the cop didn't do his job. So let let. Let's look at all the individual's uh, circumstances. And now what has happened, the, the brush, the wide brush has been painted that every cop is a racist. This whole, uh, this whole new advent of this critical race theory is behind this whole thing. And I, will, I want you listeners to list, look up critical race theory, what it's about. It's the advent of, of Marxism in our country. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but all I can say is I'm seeing it happen before my eyes. When you see the 1960s, which I grew up in, we had the civil rights movement. And it, if you looked at the civil rights movement, you had all these left-wing uh, Marxists and communists were going on board with the civil rights actions. But then it, it screwed up a little bit. Bob, you know why? Because we passed civil rights legislation for voting and everything, and we, we accepted the fact that we're all one. We're all one in America, whether you're black or white. That threw a little monkey wrench into this whole Marcus idea about taking over the country. Then we go through the 60s, people, uh, middle-class people are doing well. Everybody's working together. We're starting to realize we're all one. There's not black and white. We're Americans, and that's what we all are. Now, come the 1990s, here's what Happens. We're talking with Bo. We're talking with Bo Deedle, decorated uh, New York City cop and uh, the uh, head of Bo Deedle Investigations uh, here on WILK. Bob Cadaro with you. Uh, continue, Bo. Go ahead. So now the 1990s come. Now these liberal socialist boxes professors in our college start to teach our kids who are in college now, including my own children, about that uh, that we should be guilty of this this idiotic 1610 theory of when America started with slavery and because you're white, you're an accepted person of slavery and all this garbage. Now you go through, now all of a sudden, human resources come into corporation, diversity training. Now you have every federal Every federal government institution now has adopted this whole uh, critical race theory. Every corporation. And now America is changing over to this Marxist uh, way of thinking where they're going to control us. And we see what's happening even with the pandemic, with this uh, Chinese pandemic that we have, with the Chinese flu, as far as what's going on. We're... Some people are saying you gotta wear a mask, you can't wear it's all about one thing, control. And 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 socialism and communism is about the government controlling the people, telling you what to do. Now you got this 
far. I'm laughing because it's so hysterical. He got this. He's not. He's not really the bad guy Biden that you think he is. Because he's nobody. He's an empty vessel reading El teleprompter. He actually said the other day, "Oh, I'm going to get in trouble." You're the president <laughs> of the United States. Who are you going to get in trouble with? Your parents? I mean, that said it all. When he says, "Oh, I can't answer that question," I'm going to get in trouble. Really? Well, I think I think the vice president would have had something to say if he misspoke. Bo, we've got to take a break. I want to come back with you, and I want to talk about Elizabeth City, New Jersey, that developing situation. But then I want to talk to you about your friend Rudy Giuliani, talking with Bo Deedle, decorated New York City cop, uh, the owner of Bo Deedle Investigations and a number of other businesses, but also a movie and television star. You've seen him in Goodfellas, Law and Order, Wolf of Wall Street, and The Irishman, which uh, affects our local area uh, because of its focus on the Joe Pesci character, which was Russell Buffalino. Bo, uh, welcome back and thanks for holding. But tell, tell me your, give me your thoughts on Elizabeth City, New Jersey. It appears as though. Uh, the perpetrator was trying to drive away and actually was driving at the officers in question. What is the response, the proper response to that kind of attack? Well, first of all, it was Elizabeth City, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. We have an Elizabeth in New Jersey, but that's not it. Just in North Carolina. Yeah, Elizabeth City. My, uh, thing, yeah, my thing is that as far as if you're using the car to run over police or hit police that's using deadly for physical deadly force you could kill an officer if you run them over they're allowed at that point to use deadly physical force to stop them from using that car as a deadly instrument to kill the cops so and also let's look at this young man's record of being involved in criminal enterprises all over the place for years and years and years. I think something like 80 pages of criminal enterprises. He 180. Was, uh, 180. 100, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you, you got me on that one, Bob. <laughs> uh, but my point is, again, here we go. We got another upstanding citizen. Probably they'll they'll do a go crowdfund me. He'll probably get... Uh, 40 million just like the other gentleman that was the upstanding citizen who hadn't seen his child in four years uh george floyd so i mean it's the same thing it's just like rewarding the criminal enterprises and right now what's happening is you can get away with anything you want to do new york city is about to erupt in this summer and how are they going to erupt? Why are they going to erupt? Because anyone who is arrested with a gun, the last thousand gun arrests are on the street. No oh matter gosh. if they have 80 pages or 180 pages. Attempted murders, they're all on the street. So they know one thing. They have full venue to go out and do what they want to do because they're not going to be in jail. Yeah. It is it is really scary that where the cops don't get the benefit of the doubt at a at a crime scene it's 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 i've i've never seen it like this i got another one here's the newest one that's all over the streets here's a new one i commit an armed robbery with a gun the cop actually does his job and grabs me next thing is i'm going to make an allegation he called me the n-word you know what's going to happen the da's office is going to focus on that allegation of racism and they're going to drop the charges for robbery and he'll walk and the cop will get sued. This is what's going on. Yeah. Uh, now, Bo, what, let me ask this question, uh, flipping it on the other side. 
what what can be done? There are racist cops, very clearly. What uh, and bad cops? What can be done about that? Because that that exists, and it's in some instances, unfortunately, in all the instances we're talking about, that's not a factor. Racism's not a factor. But when you have racist and bad cops, how do you weed them out? You have bad doctors, too. You have bad lawyers. You have bad everybody. Sure. Look, you weed them out as best as possible. And what we do is we tighten up the procedures. We tighten up that we can make sure that the cop coming on the force, that's a really thorough background. And if anyone shows signs of being a little un unstable, there are there are uh, checks and balances that we could do. Tighten it up. I'm for a completely professional police group but to have the professionals first of all you got to pay them more money if you were when we want them to be a judge jury and what else on the streets we've got to be able to take and get rid of the bad apples did i see racist cops back in the 1970 yes i did today i'm i'm, I'm going to tell you right now in new york city where we have 35 36,000 officers 75% of them are non-white. It's the most diversified police department in the world. So you got to tell me now, all my black friends and black officers out there are racist also. No. This is just a, a, a overreaction to every incident that's questionable. But what about the other hundreds of millions a year of interactions with cops and people? It's so minute, these actions. But yet, the news media and my friend on Channel 4... That I'm very disappointed with. All they do is open up each night for talking about any and all incidents all over the country. Well, by, really by the, the way, your your friend your friend Geraldo has gone full hard left. He used to be sort of a centrist, and now on all issues, I'm watching him. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, you know, I talked to him the other day, and I said, "Be careful, uh, uh, Dan Bagino might knock you out." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They had actual, they had actual, like if they were in the same studio, uh, the one night I was watching on Hannity, uh, there would have been an actual fight. I told, yeah. I called Dan up, I called Dan up, and I said, "Dan, he's 75, 76 years old, Dan." Please, you're going to kill the guy. <laughs> now, I, mean, both. I love both of them. I love Dan and I love Geraldo. I know Geraldo since the 70s when he was with the Young Lords and I was a cop. And I, I love Geraldo. But you know what? That's what makes America great, yeah. that people can express their opinions. Isn't it wonderful? We can listen to Geraldo, whether he wants to be a lefty or not. Hey, that's his right. That's what I love about this country. You can say what you want. I can say what I want. Geraldo, that's what makes America great, and that's why we can't give up our freedoms. So, Bo, you played uh, in the movies. You played a cop. You played sort of yourself in uh, arresting Henry Hill at the end of the movie. Law and Order, you played a half a wise guy set in uh, one of your favorite places, Rayo's. Wolf of Wall Street, you played yourself. And, uh, and then in The Irishman, you played a, a union leader. Uh, what was your favorite role of all of those? Well, I was, I was Joe Glimko. And Joe Glimko was the guy, a real guy out of Chicago, who was a mobbed-up union guy. I'm the one that actually introduces uh, the, the character, the Irishman character, Sheehan, to a guy named Jimmy Hoffa. 
played by uh, Al Pacino, and Robert De Niro plays the uh, the Irishman there, and uh, it, it was kind of cool to be the boss, Both. to be the guy that was in charge of the operation, doing the scene with both of these tremendous actors. Oh, but yeah. I don't believe in I don't believe in we don't talk politics, me and Rob De Niro. But I tell you the honest truth, we should keep the actors the freak out of politics. Do your acting. Do what art that God gifted you with. Stay the hell out of politics. I don't want to know what your opinion is. I, I want to watch you. I want to watch De Niro at his greatest, like when he was in The Godfather, the, 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 and even Pacino. I like to look at my actors and say, you know what, they're apolitical. Stay out of politics. That's what I say to actors. Well, your friendship with DiCaprio, I mean, you're, you're on opposite ends, and you have a very good friendship with uh, Leo DiCaprio. So, yeah, you, you're, well, you're proof of that. Friend. He's my friend, and he's a tree hugger, but yet he doesn't uh, actually walk back and forth to California. Hey, question. <laughs> You're, our friend Rudy Giuliani just got raided by the FBI. Boy, it seems like political payback for going after Hunter and his father during the campaign, doesn't it? Well, I'm going to give you a little inside scoop. I was involved with Rudy. I was at his apartment many a days and nights. Uh, the, the laptop from Hunter Biden was the laptop that was in Delaware. I saw the information on that laptop in Rudy's apartment. That is factual. And this is all a bull crap. Now they got these two Ukrainian guys that they caught with their pants down, so they threatened him. So they're using him to flip on Rudy. That's what this is all about. And Rudy did nothing wrong. And I say, and I call out my other friend there, Big Face. Uh, John Kerry, Big Face. I got a picture somewhere <laughs> hanging up. And Big Face was over there. Remember, he was over in Iran talking to Mullah Gula over there? Yep. He didn't have any any kind of authority to be over there talking to Mullah Gula when he was telling them wait till after the election. And he was over there doing business, and he was not a registered agent at that yeah. time. Why don't they go after John Kerry? Well, it's you. You got two way. There, there is a one way street gang, and there is unequal justice happening. And I think that that they're everything they're doing, undermining the police, undermining uh, equal justice and equal application of the law, is heading us in a direction that is beyond frightening, Bo. I I know, and you know, it, it's just uh, I just worry about me going on the street because I'm not going to be a victim. And you know, I was a decoy. It's going to come. I wear my Rolex watch. It's worth a lot of money. And I wear it because I earned it and I bought it. And if someone thinks they're going to rob it from me and steal it from me, I am going to defend myself. And when I do, I guarantee I'll be on the front page of the New York Post. Whatever happens, I'll tell you right now, I had to do what I had to do. Boy, I remember, I'm not going to be a victim. I remember being out with you and uh, everyone was telling their watch stories, their expensive watch stories. And I told you about my Bacardo's watch, uh, which yeah. cost me $185 and which I love. Uh, but yeah, you're going to, you should fight for that watch, Bo. Oh, listen, we're going to have yeah. you on. Uh, on a, a semi-regular basis, because you, you you've got a unique well, I love perspective. You, love you, Bob, and you know what? You're you're a great example of you know people. Look at we've all had our ups and downs. We've all made mistakes in our lives. But the great part about America is you fight your way back, and you come back, and you 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 get blessed 
to recontinue your life. You don't crawl in a hole in a cave. You come out and you dust yourself off. I made a mistake. I'm back, and I want to make everybody uh, appreciate why I'm back. To tell the truth, to tell the fact, and you're the one to do it, Bob. And I really appreciate you being on the air. And people are very lucky to listen to you because you've walked the walk. We know you did the time, and now I want to list to Bob Cordero because you're the man. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> right, Bo, thank you so much, Bo Deedle, with us uh, again, and thank you to him, uh, decorated cop, movie and TV star, and uh, the owner of private investigative company Bo Deedle and Associates in New York, and uh, I, I missed it, author. Uh, thank you very much to Bo Deedle.